0: The Celtics Talk Podcast is presented by 24autogroup.com, 11 locations across New England.
1: What's up, everybody? We have hit the midway point of the 2023-24 season, game 41 of the postgame pod, coming to you after the Celtics. Take down the San Antonio Spurs, 117-98, on a lazy January Wednesday at TD Garden here's what we got coming up as the celtics improved 20-0 at home wasn't always pretty but they find a way luke Cornette goes one-on-one with abby and look because you're listening to this on in an audio only podcast I, I feel the need to uh to detail the scene here uh as abby is getting ready to start the postgame interview with luke Cornette and deep dive the matchup with victor Wembanyama and just a, a comfortable win for the celtics even if they had a rough third quarter oshaper said is standing behind luke arms folded giving a little mean mug then out of nowhere jason tatum and drew holiday enter the picture they do the same uh luke i believe says it it looks like the the cover of their upcoming rap album uh as much as luke struggles in this moment to partic uh to 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 to, to, maybe i'm struggling here to articulate just how good the vibes are saying he's not quite the vibesman. uh it is clear that this team is having fun. This is coming hot on the heels of the Celtics posting the picture of them on the team plane back from Toronto the other night. Now look, none of these last two wins have been particularly sexy. There have been good moments and certainly uh the desired result, but the execution has not always been perfect. The Celtics actually were sizzling in the first half of this game, but Uh, Rough third quarter made it a little Longer wait to see Jordan Walsh make his NBA debut but I will tell you this like It is clear this team is having fun This is the sort of rough part of The season where you know Second stretch of six game in Ten nights January is Just relentless it's snowing All the time they had a super long flight Home from uh, Toronto the Other night and so uh, Just a quality reminder that this team Is at least having fun enjoying The process you will look up at the standings today and find them 4 games ahead of the Milwaukee Bucks, 5 games ahead of the Philadelphia 76ers, I think 8 games ahead of the Miami Heat. If you want to go check the out of town scoreboard, you'll see the Bucks lost by 40. Well, 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 how the turntables. So, you feel much better about where this team is and understanding that it. Like this time of year things get weird. Uh, and the Celtics have still managed to put up a 20 and 0 record at home. You know, normally I get through the preamble and I try to dive into something. We're, we're going to—I want to get into Peyton Pritchard in a second, but uh, you know, we'll also take you inside the locker room. And I really get off track there, but the post-game interview with Abby was fantastic. Maybe we should have just rolled it right there in the middle. I was not thinking ahead when we we plotted this this interview, but just know the vibes are good. It is clear this team is having fun, and uh, I think that bodes well for where this thing is headed. And of course, winning is winning makes everything more fun. But uh, you still gotta you gotta enjoy the process and uh, nice that the Celtics continue to find ways to just win games, stack up wins. That's what you're trying to do at this time of the year. The topic I, I had planned to talk about was was Peyton Pritchard, and um, so here's the thing: coming into tonight, he was tied for ninth in net rating with a certain guy you might know, Jason Tatum. Uh, this is for the league, by the way. Plus ten point eight coming into tonight. Uh, this is for among the higher. I I'd like the NBA. I think parses it at fifteen minutes per game. I pushed that up to twenty minutes per game, and I I made sure everyone had played at least twenty five games, trying to simulate what the end of the year qualifiers would probably need to to trigger here, based on uh, where we're at in the year. And uh, so I, I suspect that Peyton Pritchard is going to be knocking on the door to a spot in the top five. He will leapfrog Jason Tatum after going for plus seventeen in this game. Peyton is just coming into the year i think it was fair all right so he signs the big deal he has a monster preseason and then kind of has a little bit of struggles out of the gate and if you were thinking man did they really need to give him that contract and rush that process you were probably warranted because he was going through it a little bit at the onset but even from that start there was pretty clear that peyton was going to positively impact winning and the net rating kept climbing and climbing and climbing and then shots started falling and it got even better You look up right now and not only is his net rating pretty glossy Peyton's at 21.1 minutes per game that's up from 13.4 last year now just think about it like deep on the depth chart last year stuck behind Marcus and Malcolm and Derek and just you know clawing for playing time and now even on a team that still has Derek and Drew uh has really emerged as one of the more comfortable bench pieces. Someone you feel like is going to at least give the game energy, is going to make good things happen. He's one of the best offensive rebounders for his size. Every time he gets in the game, he seems like he's chasing out an offensive rebound. I think he's averaging one per game. Uh, It sometimes feels like more. Look at his assist to turnover ratio now. 126 assists versus 25 turnovers. That's a 5.0 to 1 assist to turnover ratio. He's just really, really impacting winning in a positive way. And even, you know, the one thing I always worry about with Peyton is that teams are going to try to exploit his size. And certainly that's a concern of mine lingering into the playoffs. But he's so competitive and so, you know, yearns to 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 play defense that it negates some of the the size he's giving up. And and if teams want to twist themselves in a pretzel to try and uh attack that matchup, the Celtics benefit from having others on the court that can, can help offset that attack. And so I just think you feel really comfortable about where you're at with Peyton Pritchard here at the midseason point. Uh, I would have thought, based on maybe some of the Rocky s- struggles out of the gate, that we might be sitting here thinking, okay, at the trade deadline, do the Celtics need to upgrade that position? And like, look, there's going to be a ton of trade chatter over the next three weeks leading up to the deadline and all that. For me, I, like when I'm assessing where the Celtics need, and we've already heard Brad Stevens say maybe a big wing. You know i I think people would be okay if they ultimately elect to go center and give yourself a little depth behind alan kristaps and you know take nothing away from what luke and nimi have done but that would be you know just another body that in case injuries cropped up or just navigating back-to-backs whatever the case may be could help you maybe a big wing is fine enough you know you can play some small ball and 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 go from there but for me the conversation doesn't even really start with a guard Would it help to have one more guy you could potentially lean on at the guard position? Sure. You know, and maybe some of the more affordable names, guys that fit into the trade exception might end up being guards and maybe the team has to consider that. Um, But like, I don't think there's going to be anyone that's going to wrestle away playing time from Peyton Pritchard, unless he goes into some sort of really big slump or the defensive woes do become a concern in bigger matchups. I think Peyton has proven like good things happen when he's on the court. And ultimately with bench players, that's all you can ask for. So credit to Peyton. Uh, you know, this could have could have been a little a bumpy ride here. Could have could have, you know, sulked after last year. Instead, he's got the contract. He's playing a big role on a championship caliber team. And you feel really comfortable about his his fit in this group as they go for in, in the quest for uh for banner eighteen. Uh I also think he he did if I was scrolling through Instagram last night, I'm pretty sure he has like a Powerball ad up now. which is going to open the door to whole new Powerball P nicknames. And his 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 teammates were hilarious to bring this conversation full circle, like just relentless on him in the comments. Think think O'Shea Set was uh, calling him a, a legitimate scammer. Remember Drake's comments up in Toronto. So uh, the vibes are good. Peyton Pritchard's playing well. Ain't a lot to complain about right now. Let's get into more of our post-game coverage.
2: Eddie House, Amina Smith here with in the Celtics putting a beat down on the San Antonio Spurs. 117-98. to They win this game, and they do it without Chris Statz Porzingis. No Derek White in tonight's matchup. Eddie, how did the Celtics dominate yet again against the Spurs team? You
0: know, the game was over in the first half. They was up 25 in the first half. And, you know, if we want to – how we was doing a little bit, if you want to try to find something that you want to point to and say, hey, you got to get better at because you always want to learn, and it's better to learn from a win than a loss. It has to be the third quarter. It's not letting your foot off the gas. You had a 25-point lead at halftime. you come going to get outscored by nine in the third quarter. I think, you know, the, the the score does sometimes make you play a different way, especially if you know you're a superior team. You know that you might not have to come out with that full focus from the very jump in that third quarter. They could... Make a little push, but you know you got that cushion and you're going to end up pushing past them and, and winning the game. But I would like to just see us in, the, in those third quarters it becoming a habit mm. of winning every single third quarter. Like, that's uh, a point of emphasis for this team.
2: Especially against a team like the <coughs> San Antonio Spurs who are at the bottom of the Western Conference standings. All right, let's send out to Abby Chin, who's with Luke Cornett after the game. Luke. Thank you, O'Shea, as well second start of the season and you draw the assignment of defending seven foot four Victor Wimbanyama. what is the approach when you're dealing with a player with that kind of length
3: uh, I mean really just stay in the basket and make him have to make shots uh, when you have just phenomenal athletes perusing behind you you know you got a lot of safety with you. And um, it's weird because uh, I feel like we could be like a rap crew but kind of like, I don't know what that crew would be. I'd, I'd just be the baseline vocals, just kind of in the background. All right. Yeah. That's
2: intriguing. Yes. No. Back to Victor.
3: Yeah, you just try to make him make shots. And uh, I mean, he's going to make some great plays. And he's got to keep weathering the course. Storm? Weathering the Storm. There you go. Yeah.
2: That could be the name of your band.
3: Weathering the Storm. I feel like we got to get some puns in there, but I'd have to work on that for a little bit. Yeah.
2: You guys were without two starters tonight, but with you and O'Shea, everybody, no matter who is out, you guys seem to step up and fill those roles, maintain that level. How much pride is that reserve unit taking that this season? Uh,
3: yeah, I mean, that's something that we know a we'll have to do throughout the season and whoever's name's called, be able to fill in. Uh, Derek, was white, or Derek was out, and I, I summoned his abilities and got it, my first transition back tap steal in my entire life. So that was pretty electrifying. Uh, but, you know, we're just trying to uh, win the game at hand. And whoever's available, we're just going to figure it out and try to do that every single night. And I think we've done a great job with so far this season.
2: You guys have now won 20 straight at home. A pretty special run. And then, as we saw here, how, how would you describe the vibes with this team right now?
3: Uh, phenomenal. I don't, good vibes? Great. I don't really speak in terms of vibes. Uh, but I mean, we're just kind of focused on the day at hand and uh, winning every game. and I try to, well, we try not to be too, like, caught up in what the results are and but more like kind of holding ourselves accountable um, and knowing, like, every single game is an opportunity to either get better or uh, go the other direction. So I think we just take that responsibility of being a good team and um, just knowing that.
2: thank you. Congratulations. Yeah, no problem. The vibe's immaculate. This Celtics team having fun, as you can see right there in the interview. Scal joining us live at courtside. 20 straight wins for this Celtics team inside of TD Garden. Scal, what was your biggest takeaway after this one?
4: Good vibes. Good vibes. <laughs> Good vibes. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I think today I felt like the Celtics were like, okay, we're not going to run it. We're not going to run the score up. We're going to work on our execution. And... Uh, there's no, never in doubt in this game that they weren't just going to keep going. Even in the third quarter, when you see that run, Celtics were just on another level today, and um – you know, it's going to be tough for the Spurs to continue. It's fun watching Wimby, but I'm, I'm not sure. They're a long ways away from being like a marquee team.
2: Eddie, how much are games like these against teams like the Spurs who have only won seven games so far this season, an opportunity for the Celtics to tune up and correct the mistakes that they've made so far this season in past games? I
0: think every game is a way that you could build on whatever you're trying to do. Is build on your identity, continue to polish and sharpen everything that you guys are. Um, but uh, in a game like this, it's great for the others to get out there and get some rhythm and get execution and, and play with different lineups and things like that because when it comes down to the playoffs, you never know. You know, foul trouble can can happen and thing, weird things happen in the playoffs and you want to see what matchups you could use, what, what – um, you know, what rotation you could have, what guys mess with what, but then also you want those guys to have rhythm coming in that you're going to depend. Peyton Pritchard, we're going to have to depend on him. We're going to have to depend on Sam Hauser in the playoffs. And it is going to be in crunch time. It's going to be in big time moments where they're going to have to show up. So these are the games that are great for players like that. You know, as a role player myself, these were games where you you want to keep your 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 tools sharp.
2: Scal, what did you see out of those role players like a Peyton Pritchard, a Luke Cornette who was in the starting lineup tonight? How they were they able to help this Celtics team win?
4: They were confident in what they were doing. They were confident that they were better than the guys they were going against, and they could do what they want to on the floor. If if Peyton Pritchard wants to duck his shoulders and get to the rim, he could do that. Uh, you saw Brissett try to challenge Wemby twice. Like you know, Those guys just played with like a different level of confidence today, which is right up what Ellie, um, Eddie's saying in, in the sense of, if you're going to be in a playoff game, you better believe in your game. There ain't no half-stepping out here if you, want to, if you want to succeed in the playoffs.
5: Joe, uh, 32-9 and record at the halfway point of the season. Uh, how would you kind of evaluate uh, where you are at the halfway point? Are, are you about where you expected, uh, and where do you feel like you still need to grow for the uh, second half? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really have so much of an expectation or a goal to be a certain uh, type of thing. What I will say is, we just have to we have to stay in the the space of we're really good, but we could lose any game, and uh, we got to be really hard on ourselves. And so it's a, it's annoying uh, to be super critical of yourself, um, but we got to do that. Uh, just hold each other accountable. Um, doesn't mean that there won't be. Uh, tough times you know 41 games left got a ton of tough games coming up so I don't expect it to go our way in these next 41 but I do expect us to just stay the course and uh, just as long as we keep an open mind to getting better
4: you just said it's annoying to be hard on yourself and Jason the other day talks about you got to like not be bored with making the right play and a, a lot of similar things are being said what what's the trick what's what's the key to kind of fighting past those urges to, like, let go? Because, you mean, you obviously did it in the third quarter, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's going to happen, bit. but, like, what what's the trick?
5: I mean, I knew the third quarter was going to happen. You shoot 68% from three, and the other shoot team shoots 20, there's bound to be a regression to the mean a little bit, and so you're naturally going to see a 28 to 32-point quarter. Um, so you kind of know that's coming. But so I don't, I, I, the trick isn't to get caught up in trying to prevent it. I know that. It's never going to happen. Uh, the, the trick is to, when it does happen, quickly get yourself out of it. And so if we were to follow up the third quarter with another fourth quarter, that's a problem, you know what I mean? But for us to have the third quarter and then come back and have a 20-point quarter, that's, to me, is the trick, is don't get caught up in trying to be perfect. Just get just constantly have an awareness of, well, are we playing the way we should be playing or are we not, and how quickly do we get back to that?
2: 20-0 at home, so you're now halfway to the 40-1 record from the 86 Celtics do you care or is that really cool and I didn't know
5: they did that till just now
2: no okay so uh, does that record still resonate with you guys now that's like you've been undefeated for so long it's almost not a thing anymore
5: uh, I think chasing things that we, out of our control are really hard we can't control I, honestly it hasn't been a goal of ours to go 20-0 the goal has been build a connection and an identity with our the city and um, with the team uh, to where uh, they give us this lift and this level of support that they have and that we play a certain type of way, like Celtic basketball, and we've done that the first 20 games at home. I think, uh, you know, t- that's that's been the goal. And so uh, win or lose, that that's the, the main thing. Um, when you play for the Celtics, there's a ton of records, traditions, great players, and if you chase them all, you're bound to let yourself down or uh, I think have an unhealthy relationship with success. So I think it's more about just living in that space of what Celtic basketball is all about and uh, play it as best we can for as long as we can and um you know we'll see what happens i know it's the second time you've gone against them but what kind of challenge did Victor Pose for you guys and you know what it just like kind of going against them for the first time this season um he's fun to play against
6: you know he's an anomaly he's he's definitely a challenge to be able to be that tall and that versatile uh sometimes i think i guarded him twice and i think he just caught it shot it over me um for me, especially as a defender, I, I like that type of stuff because I want to figure out how to, how to stop that. But um, I think he's a really good player, um, really good young player. So uh, I think his future is bright. And, and um, how he plays the game, I love to watch.
4: Jalen, um, at the end of the game, Jordan Walsh gets in. Uh, what was it like kind of watching the crowd get behind him? And you know, what have you seen from him doing the work behind the scenes?
6: Yeah, uh, the rook has just been working, man. He's uh, getting better, developing. Um, you know, obviously he's been down to Maine, um, but we've been hearing good things. So to see him get out there and, and right away, you know, show some signs of improvement, like just get out there and grab four rebounds, and you know, and so he's you can see like he he's got some talent, and he's just he's just working so.
2: What stood out to you about Luke's impact tonight, just the way he stepped in the starting lineup in that matchup against Wemby?
6: Uh, just being solid. At times, we need him to be a little bit more um, to protect the rim, and et cetera. But, you know, to, to get put in that position tonight against, you know, someone who was a freak of nature, I thought Luke did a, a pretty decent job. But just being big, having his hands in there, and uh, uh, just executing our details on defense.
2: Jalen, along those lines, no matter who's been out, that reserve unit has really stepped up. How important is
5: it, f- I mean, for their confidence, but also for you guys to see that?
6: Yeah, uh, it's extremely important for the, for the growth and development of our team. So even like tonight, like, uh, you know, we played through those guys a little bit Peyton, Sam, getting those guys' touches. And, and games like this, is, it's important uh, to, to build confidence and get our guys feeling good problem because it's a a long season once you get put in those moments down the line you know you look back into to these moments and seeing if you could like foster and help your guys get opportunities because it might help you down the line so you know tonight like tonight you know Peyton playing well even Nimi getting in there um, showing some great signs you know could potentially help us down the line
5: and then this was game 41 halfway through the season how are you feeling about where you guys are at
6: uh, I feel good. I don't think we skipped no steps. I think we still are improving. This is a part of the, the, the regular season where you got to embrace because you can get complacent. You can get mentally, you know, mentally like checked out. But you know, we're trying to make sure that we all are all engaged. And this is where you build like your endurance for long playoff drives. So um, this is a part of the regular season. I think is the most important. You know, going into all-star break, et cetera, teams start to count the days, and, and we're going to just keep stacking the wins. So um, we got to we gotta lock in for this last 15-game 15, 15 stretch or whatever.
5: Jalen, that uh, viral photo from the plane you know, really took off, no pun intended. Um, is that a weather thing? Like, how does that get posted, and how does everyone agree to share it? And then also, more importantly, can you talk about the character of this group halfway point of the season? What do you know about this group? What do you know about their personality as a group, and what do you still need to learn? Um,
6: it's been a pleasure. You know, I've been on some great teams, and we've had some great locker rooms. And this this mar- marks up with one of the best, you know, groups and teams and character that we've had. You know, we all get along. Um, it's a good atmosphere. We got guys that come to work every day that are trying to improve and get better, and all of that stuff you don't take for granted, you know, because you hear other things in other locker rooms and, and it'll always be that way. So, you know, the last few years, I think we've been blessed. I've been personally blessed to, to have a great locker room. And how that picture came about, I'm not even sure. I think I was, like, halfway asleep. And, uh, you know, I think it was, like, JT's idea you know, we've seen some other teams do it and stuff like that. No, I think we, we haven't done it in a long time. Maybe since, like, my rookie year, we haven't done a picture like that. So. Um, you know, O'Shea is nice with the camera, so um we uh we took the pick and just captured some moments. You never know how things may go in this league and you know, it's a guy, it's a group that we enjoy being around each other, so you know, it was a nice picture.
1: Alright up next. If uh if it was a sleepy Monday in Toronto, a lazy Wednesday in Boston, well, Friday night should be filled with energy the defending NBA champion Denver Nuggets are coming to Boston along with former MVP Nikola Jokic if uh, the Celtics were able to let their foot off the gas in various moments over the last couple games they will not have that luxury this feels like one where players should be awfully locked in you hope that Derek White and Kristaps Porzing is getting a night off tonight that they'll be able to be out there on friday it would be fun to have a full health matchup between two of the best teams in their respective conferences the uh celtics are obviously entrenched atop the east the nuggets uh i think they're behind the timberwolves right now and had to navigate that stretch without jamal murray but clearly the talent is there Jokic is just ridiculous uh can't wait to see how the celtics match up in that series uh we spent a lot of time the last couple weeks talking about Celtics-OKC, Celtics-Minnesota, potential finals matchup. Uh, Friday night feels like a, a real po- probability if you had to maybe guess at what might be ahead, that there is a chance that that's a legitimate matchup that could unfold based on the talent on these teams. And while I'm sure Joe Missoula will balk at the idea of a measuring stick game or whatnot, uh, this certainly feels like it will have some extra heft and uh if nothing else Celtics looking to go to tw- if, if they want blackjack 21 and 0 at home uh they need to bring it they don't want they don't want the uh the the nuggets to be the ones that put the one in 20 and 1 so we'll have to wait and see how exactly that plays out on Friday night. Our crew is going to be over there. Uh, I did tease earlier this week that we we're going to have an off day pod uh snow messed that up. They changed the Celtics access schedule. Uh that's probably coming tomorrow. I'm going to stop just, you know, definitively saying things because these days are crazy and there's a million games. Uh but we're trying. We're gonna try and keep bringing you as much content as possible. Uh we will definitely be back with you after that Nuggets game. Uh then Saturdays off and then we got a back to back as the Celtics head out on the road. It's a Miami game next week. Like these things just don't stop coming at us and uh it's it's a lot of fun. I've uh nothing I enjoy more than getting on here and screaming at you guys. Shout outs to the uh the vibes around the Celtics and we'll see if they can keep them going y'all to keep the positive vibes going. Go like, subscribe, check us out on the YouTube page. We'll catch you next time on the Celtics Talk Podcast.